Hey, welcome to a new episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP number 119. Look how far we've come together. I'm your host, Dorian, and on today's podcast, we avoid eye contact with Bill Murray and the Chicago Cubs. Watch the Oakland Athletics reverse boycott John Fisher and shrug her shoulders at the Cincinnati Reds City Connect uniform and Phil Castellini. And first, I'm not going to shrug my shoulder at this friggin' delicious drink I have in my hand. It's called Hibiki from Sunduri Whiskey. In Japan, because obviously I speak perfect Japanese, I don't speak a word of Japanese. Apparently, this is made from three different distilleries. One in Yamazaki, another one in Hakushu, and the last one in Chita, Japan. Hibiki it's a whiskey from Japan. It's delicious. I'm going to enjoy it again. Give me one second because you know that I've been drinking before the show. It is smooth. This one I didn't. Normally when I drink a nice whiskey, a nice bourbon, a nice rum, I don't put ice in it. I just drink it straight. This is very nice. And every time I hear the word Sondori whiskey, it always reminds me of the of the 2003 film. Lost in Translation, which starred Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray. Bill Murray's a jerk. You know what? I actually heard the same thing, that Bill Murray is a big jerk. Allegedly. I don't know, but that's what I've heard. But I do know, this is for a fact, he is a big Chicago Cubs fan. He's always at the games. He's always, not always, but he's at the game. And when he is, they always show him, obviously, because he's Bill Murray. And right now, has he gone to any of the games? I don't know, because the Cubs are in fourth place in that terrible National League Central. Can we just shut down both of the Central Divisions in the American League and the National League? They're just poo-poo. The Cubs are four games out of first place, and you look at the roster, and you squint your eyes, and you're like, they're only four games out of first place. They're playing in the same division as the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Cincinnati Reds. The Brewers are probably the best team in that division. You have the, what in the world is going on? Are they good? Are they bad? St. Louis Cardinals. I would not be surprised. I would not welcome this, but I would not be surprised if the Cubs can sneak into the playoffs by winning the division because you know no one else in that division is going to get a wild card spot. And again, you look at the roster, you're like in a perfect world where they play to their abilities and the other teams just play like 500 ball. The Cubs offense isn't bad. It's not great, but most of the major off most of the major stats, they are like right smack in the middle. In Major League Baseball, going back to Lost in Translation, going back to this delicious Santuri whiskey. In one of the scenes, one of my favorite favorite scenes in the in the movie Lost in Translation that Sofia Coppola filmed, who was a direct who was a director of that film, he's doing a film. Bill Murray's character is doing a a commercial in Japan. That's the reason why he's even in Tokyo because he is getting paid God knows how much money to do a commercial for. Santori whiskey and he does like I forget how many takes it's a pretty good I really enjoy that movie and if you haven't seen it go see it whether regardless if you like Bill Burry as a person or not regardless if you like the Chicago Cubs or not my last bit about Lost in Translation do you know Sofia Coppola managed to film that entire movie in 27 days most films now take three and four and five months to film Sofia Coppola filmed it in 27 days people 27 days is the gestation period of a wombat it's in the blink of an eye and she also did it without permits and i mean it was a very rebel way to do things i wouldn't recommend you do that 
if you want, maybe you're a aspiring filmmaker, you can go to Japan, film a movie, and of course, play play baseball or at, watch some of the awesome Japanese baseball that they play because that's the, the second best league in the world, 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 while you're drinking Santori whiskey. And while you're drinking, and in between the time that you're filming some rebel film, drinking Santori whiskey and watching some Japanese baseball, you might be able to pull your phone out or your computer, follow us on social media if you want. If you don't, no big deal. You can find us on social media. You know what we did find out this past week? Where the Oakland Athletics fans have been. And they've been in Oakland all along. I love baseball. But maybe even more than I love baseball, I love the business of baseball. The business of baseball. Because as a country, America loves rags to riches stories. But in contemporary America, 21st century in the 2020s, America loves riches to riches stories even better. Someone that's born on third base, whether you call it being born on third base, whether you call it being born with a silver spoon in your mouth, people love that you get the job because your dad is the CEO of the company. You get into a school because your mom is the tenured professor at some prestigious university on one of the East or West Coasts. All that nonsense. You can just keep going. And I love the term trustafarians. If you haven't heard this, Trustafarian is basically someone who's, well, not someone, but a younger person who's wealthy. Or their not them, obviously. Their parents are wealthy. But you don't have to show it. You actually dress the complete opposite. You dress like an artist, like someone who's struggling in life. Uh, a Rastafarian, you know, you just like, look, I'm, I'm all about spirituality. I don't care about the material things in the world because I'm going to be provided for because my grandpa is a gazillionaire. <laughs> And I remember one of my friends, he worked at one of the, the big banks uh, on one of the coasts of the United States, on the east or west coast. He had a client come in one time, looked like a bum. This client was complaining that there was a, I think it was like a $20, $25 overdraft fee on this person's, I think it was their checking account or money market account. They sit down, he's like, all right, let me, let, me, let me help you out here. They sit down. Pulls up this person's name, their account. And it's like, okay, I see, yeah, I see here this, let's say $20 overdraft fee. But what I also see is that every single month from a different account within the same bank, they're receiving $100,000 every single month. This person was in their early 20s, <laughs> living in a very expensive city. <laughs> and here they were, this, this trustafarian, complaining about a $20 overdraft fee because... This person spent money before the monthly allowance came in. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a beautiful Trustafarian. And I, and I raise my glass to you for the gall of crying over $20 when you're getting $100,000 every single month. Now, there's a reason why I'm telling you that story. Currently, the most famous Trustafarian amongst the Major League Baseball owners is John Fisher. He is the owner, unfortunately the owner, of the Oakland Athletics. Mom and dad, mom and dad Fisher, they founded The Gap, the clothing company. The Gap owns Banana Republic, it owns The Gap, it owns Athleta, Athleta, whatever. It owns a bunch of clothing companies that everyone knows. Right now, John Fisher is worth about $2 billion with a B, like boy, like beta. $2 billion is his worth. And we all know he doesn't invest in the team. 
He does not invest in the Oakland Athletics. He doesn't invest nothing. This past week, on Tuesday, June June 13th, the Athletics fans staged a reverse boycott. You know that. Their goal was to fill the Oakland Oakland Coliseum because they've been averaging just under 9,000 fans a year. At a year, excuse me. Probably, that's what it feels like. They've been averaging about just about 8,500 fans a game. And that random Tuesday night game, almost 28,000 fans showed up. And they were all selling, they were all wearing green shirts that said sell in yellow across the chest. They were making it like a playoff atmosphere. And they kept chanting throughout the game, sell the team, sell the team, sell the team. I love this concept and the ingenuity and the creativity of, of the Athletics fans because this isn't. This was not a weekend series. This was not a weekend series against the New York Yankees or hosting the Los Angeles Dodgers where you know that the opposing team's fans are going to come and sell, buy up a lot of those tickets. This is the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in baseball this year, but they also have one of the fallest, smallest fan bases. So you know people aren't going to be flying from Tampa across the country to go to Oakland, California on a Tuesday night to buy 30,000 seats. That, that wasn't them. It was all Athletics fans. And God bless them because the night before, when they also hosted the Tampa Bay Rays on Monday, they had just under 5,000 fans show up. The very next day when they organized themselves, like I said, almost 28,000 fans. So go for them. And the Athletics won the game against the Rays, shockingly, 2-1. to one. Yeah, I love that. Even before the start of the game, the fans were out there outside of that terrible stadium, Oakland Coliseum, chanting, making a scene in mockery of Jeff Fisher, John Fisher. And as Peter Griffith from Family Guy says, you know what really grinds my gears? The commissioner, Rob Manfred, has some gall to talk about nonsense after after the the reverse boycott on a random Tuesday night when they had almost 28,000 people there. Somebody asked Manfred, what are your thoughts on this reverse boycott? And Manfred said, quote, I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I do not like this outcome. I think the real question is, what is it that Oakland was prepared to do? There is no Oakland offer. It's not just John Fisher. The community has to provide support, blah, 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 end quote. What it really bothers me when you have this, these Fox Sports, uh, The Athletic, ESPN, whoever, tell things as they are. John Fisher is one of Manfred's 30 bosses. Do you know who pays Rob Mansford's salary? The owners. It's not the it's not Major League Baseball Players Association. They don't pitch in a single penny to pay for Rob Manfred's salary. Rob Manfred knows what side the bread is buttered on. He is not going to let's use another another what is a euphemism. He's not going to bite the hand that feeds him. Think about your boss. You may like him, you may not like her. But are you going to publicly shame one of your bosses because they're doing something stupid? No. Manfred is the real bozo. Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher. Why do they keep calling him Jeff Fisher? Like as the, the football coach, John Fisher, another bozo. After this bozo Manfred telling this nonsense of like, Oakland hasn't done anything. The, the office of the mayor of Oakland, her office, I forget her name right now, the, the mayor, current mayor of Oakland, they, they, they issued a statement saying, quote, the reality is the A's ownership had insisted on a multi-billion dollar 55-acre project with residential, commercial, real, real, retail space, end quote. Basically, 
What the mayor's office in Oakland is saying is that why in the world is John Fisher so comfortable moving to Las Vegas when Vegas only offered them nine acres? And Oakland was saying, we can do a deal for 55 acres. That's telling you John Fisher doesn't give a crap about actually staying in Oakland. And then those these other bozos in Las Vegas, they're like, oh, we're going to give you $380 million of taxpayer money to help so that you can build a $1.5 billion stadium with a retractable roof to play in freaking Las Vegas, which is hot. Breaking news. Just a few days ago on Thursday, June 15th, the Nevada governor, Joe Lombardo, signed the bill into law, and it's done. It's a done deal. All because John Fisher didn't want 55 acres. He actually only wanted nine acres, apparently. And right now, he has his team, the Oakland Athletics, playing in probably, probably the worst sports facility in all of the four major sports leagues in North America, the Oakland Coliseum. The Oakland Coliseum throughout, like I think, of the past 10, actually 15 or 20 years, have had stadium light issues. People have found dead mice in the soda machines at Oakland Coliseum. There have been reports of dozens, and I mean between 30 and 40 feral cats living in the Oakland Coliseum. By the way, that's such a bad thing because everyone knows that cats are awesome. <laughs> but no one wants to be stepping across cat feces, cat pee pee, etc. There have been water leaks at the Oakland Coliseum. There's even been reports, not even reported, it's been, this person's been, this person, this animal has been on television, I think twice. There's a possum living, a possum has been living at Oakland Coliseum. I don't know if they actually ever took care of that, but that possum is quasi-famous. And Manford and Commissioner Manford is all about a champion of like, yes, Oakland needs a new Oakland. The Athletics need a new stadium. Forget about Oakland because they're not willing to play ball. All that nonsense. He was saying he was he gave the comparison of what Truist Park with the Atlanta Braves have been able to do. He's like, oh, look at the area around Nationals Park where the Washington Nationals play, where Truist Park was like an artificial construct in outside of in Gwinnett, outside of Atlanta. And so now they have bars, they have comedy clubs, they have restaurants, they have all this real estate and hotels and office buildings. And in Washington, D.C. at at Truist Park, excuse me, at Nationals Park, they also have high-rise buildings, they have offices, they have restaurants, they have bars. It's a block, the Nationals Park is a block away from the metro station. He genuinely thinks that this is going to be good for Las Vegas and the athletics. I'm going to say, let's push back. What about Lone Depot Park in Miami? Right off of 8th Street, Calle Ocho. They actually tried to open up restaurants right around there within the parking facilities of Lone Depot Park. A lot of those small companies, small companies, small shops have failed because nobody goes to see the Miami Marlins. And the Miami Marlins are, are, they're, let's say they're good this year. They're in second place in the National League East. But again, nobody goes to watch the Miami Marlins. So any type of business that you set up in the vicinity of Lone Depot Park has been failing and will continue to fail until they actually win and ownership actually invest in the team, which the big elephant in the room, the the mascot of the Oakland Athletics, the Athletics have not shown the willingness to invest in a good team in Oakland, and they're not going to invest in a team in Las Vegas. And then you have the small question of where in the world are the Athletics going to play? They keep saying, oh, we're just going to play at the, the, the AAA Las Vegas Aviators Stadium, which is the, I think it's called Howard Hughes Park or Howard Hughes Stadium. It holds 10,000 people in Las Vegas, and it's part of the Oakland Athletics farm team. I'm flabbergasted that these bozos in the Oakland Athletics front office 
think that it is a perfectly viable and smart idea to play at the home, at the same home that a minor league team plays. Minor league team plays, what, 150 games, something like that. So let's say about 75 games at home, 75 games on the road. Major League Baseball plays 162 games, 81 games on the road, 81 games at home. How in the world are you going to be doing maintenance on that stadium? Forget about maintenance because John Fisher doesn't care about that. What about the grass? And if you remember, we had a guest who specializes in grass back in episode 114, Leah Withrow, who is the head groundskeeper of the AAA Reno Aces, which is just a couple of hours north drive of Las Vegas. She kept saying that it is a hard job that the grass needs to rest. Just playing on it just brings so much stress to that field. Are the, do the athletics think they're going to be playing doubleheaders every single game at the Howard Hughes Field or whatever? Come on. Come on. Come on. It, this is the dumbest idea of all the dumb ideas that the athletics have been throwing out. The front office, not the players, of course. So all this has happened. All this business has happened behind the scenes. And what are, good, what are the good people of Las Vegas going to receive? They're going to receive a baseball team that, under the ownership of John Fisher, has never had a payroll higher than 23rd among the 30 Major League Baseball franchises. Remember what I said about the Miami Marlins? No one goes to them because nobody trusts that the ownership is going to consistently invest and bring in good players every single year. John Fisher has a 15, what is, he doesn't have a 15, no. He has like a 19-year track record of not investing in the team. <laughs> You've been to Las Vegas. I've been to Las Vegas. There are shows to go to. There are really good restaurants to go to. There is national beautiful parks to go within an hour to four hour drive from Las Vegas. Now you have the Las Vegas Raiders playing football there. Now you have the just crowned Stanley Cup champions from from the National Hockey League, Las Vegas Knights. There is no shortage of anything to do in Las Vegas. And you think someone's going to go is going to want to go spend a $20 ticket plus $27 for one freaking beer to go see the the Las Vegas Athletics. I'm not there's no point in answering that. It's a stupid question. And for me, the biggest question is why has John Fisher been acting like this? John Fisher bought the Oakland Athletics as part of a team back in 2005. Back in 2005, the Athletics were bought for $180 million. $180 million. And I told you earlier, John Fisher's parents founded the Gap. John, along with his two brothers, own about 45 47% of the company. Back in 2005, the Gap's, the, the stock was trading around $22.58 per share. Today, the financial magazine Forbes estimates that the athletics are worth about $1.18 billion in 2023. On the flip side of that coin, on Friday, June 16th, when the stock market closed at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Gap stock was trading at $9.58. You're looking at a drop of over 60% in the net worth of one individual along with his brothers. I'm not saying that John Fisher's net worth is tied up only in the gap, but the majority of his wealth is in the gap. While the company has been, by the gap company and its brands have been cratering, the team has had a 600% increase in value. No thanks to anything 
that John Fisher has done. As I said, we just listed the terrible things that have gone on at the stadium. Not handing out any contracts worth anything. Trying to screw over the people of Oakland and the taxpayers of Oakland and the mayor's office in Oakland. He has done the worst job and he's being rewarded handsomely on the balance sheet. And he's actively looking to piss people off. You remember back in the before the start of the 2022 season, John Fisher raised season ticket prices. That same year in 2022, that team that if you bought the season, the raised prices of the season tickets, you had the honor of watching that 2022 Oakland Athletics lose 102 games. And they had the second lowest payroll that year of $51 million. So from a personal point of view, from I'm, looking, I'm trying to look at this from, from John Fisher's point of view. Your stock and your wealth is being hammered. And you had an embarrassing financial and legal issue when back in November of 2022, Patagonia, the famous jacket company that everyone knows, they sued the Gap over a trademark violation because Patagonia alleged, or they, they, they said that the Gap, the rectangle patch that everyone knows that is belongs to Patagonia, Gap tried to steal it and they just tried to use that same rectangle patch on some Gap products. They settled out of court. We don't know how much the, the Gap ended up paying off uh, Patagonia, but obviously that's telling you that the Gap knows that they did something wrong. And believe me, they didn't pay them off a million dollars. I'm sure it was in the tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars, probably tens of millions of dollars that they pay them off. I love, the, I love this business part. I love talking about this business of baseball, just business in general. By the end of, the tw- by the end of 2023, Gap has publicly stated that they will be closing up to 350 Banana Republic and Gap locations. Gap has, has cut almost 2,000 corporate positions to save money. Back in 2014, Gap's revenue, $16 billion. Eight years later, at the end of last year, 2022, the revenues are now under $16 billion. This is a company that's not making money. It's losing money. And with the pandemic made things long-term, I think, worse. You know Banana Republic. You probably have a Banana Republic shirt. You probably have a Banana Republic pants, slacks, a dress hanging in your closet. Everyone loved Banana Republic because it's good office wear. Like I have, go to the office, I go buy a shirt, go buy a tie, whatever. A lot of people now are working from home, going in a few times a week, which means that you wear out your office clothes slower, which means you have to go to places like Banana Republic a lot less often. Another company under the Agap umbrella, Athleta, sales down 10%. Old Navy sales, flat. A lot of the Gap stock analysts, their target range for the Gap share price over the next 12 months, I've seen it all over the place, but it's it, it's a tight 6 to $10 per share over the next 12 months. Right now, the Gap has no CEO. They haven't had a chief executive offer since the summer of 2022, which is last year. This is a rudderless company. That sounds very familiar if you're, if you're a baseball fan or if you're an Oakland Athletic fan. John Fisher is completely out of the spotlight with both the Gap and the Oakland Athletics. John Fisher has never, he doesn't go to testify before the city and the state government hearings when they're going through all this plans for a new stadium, for relocation, asking for public money. John Fisher, he's, I don't know where the heck he is, but he's not there showing his face, leading the gap, no leader, uh, Oakland Athletics, no leader.
And if you're still staying with me, you're probably asking, Dorian, what the heck does this financial news have anything to do with actually playing baseball? What does this financial news have anything to do with Jace Peterson hitting 306 in the month of June? I'm going to tell you, it has everything to do with it. Does John Fisher have a cash flow problem that extends back to eight years ago? Maybe. Will John Fisher go broke? No. No, 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 no. He's too wealthy to go broke. He's losing money, but he's too wealthy. Is there something else about John Fisher besides just being a good old-fashioned Charles Dickens miser? I genuinely think so. John Fisher can easily sell this Oakland Athletics team and add another billion dollars to his net worth. John Fisher has done nothing to deserve how fast the club has appreciated in the value over the last 18 years. A classic Trustafarian. And the last word of this Trustafarian, Jeff Fisher, I'm going to give it to the Nevada Assemblywoman, Selena DeLaRue. Selena DeLaRue Hatch, when she said back on the 13th of June, quote, somehow a deadbeat owner overnight will suddenly invest in that team, end quote. Las Vegas is getting a rotten tomato in, what is it, 2027, I think they're going to move, be moving out there. And sometimes when we're having, when we eat something nasty, we need to clean the palate. And if we're not home, we don't have our toothpaste, we don't have our toothbrush. But this week's sponsor has got you and is going to get you out of that pinch. Sticklets gum. Skinny sticklets, but with flavor. Skinny, skinny, that's the shape of the slims. Skinny sticklets, but with flavor. See how skinny our gum is. Only one gum gives you nine slim sticklets instead of seven wide ones in a regular pack. New sticklets in natural spearmint or peppermint. Skinny sticklets packed with flavor. See how skinny taste how good. Thank you to Sticklets Gum for cleansing the palate of talking about the disgusting John Fisher and the poor fans of the Oakland Athletics. And I'm going to have a nice Japanese drink to finish off that palate cleansing. I used to love chewing gum, especially when I was in like school. Now I barely chew gum, but with our new sponsor, I'm going to be having a closet full of Sticklets gum. <laughs> you know that I love talking about this, the City Connect uniforms that all the Major League Baseball stadium, the teams have been rolling out. And, in this, and I've been holding on to this for a while for our latest episode of Styling and Profiling with Ric Flair, Fashion and Sports. I want to talk about the Cincinnati Reds City Connect uniform. They debuted it back at home on May 19th on a Friday versus the New York Yankees. You've probably already seen it. It's an all-black uniform with some of the letterings have red outlining. It's simple. The red outlining makes the makes it pop a little bit. And the word Cincy instead of Cincinnati because it's too dang long. Cincy is across the chest. It also has a red background. And on the cap, there's a it's like a it's a C, but it's almost shaped. I want to say like a nugget. I don't even know. I've been trying to I've been trying to describe this correctly. How that C is shaped. Basically, as you know, the the City Connect uniform for the Cincinnati Reds, it's all black, and it immediately reminded me of the Baltimore Orioles City Connect all black uniform. I saw the the Reds City Connect uniform, and I'm like, okay, what exactly is the connection with the city or the Ohio region or the the region of Cincinnati? The team put out some kind of press release saying that it's supposed to be help the city look towards the future. Oh, okay. I, I don't get it. Just like I don't get Trustafarians. And in our next segment of Trustafarians, 
we're going to be talking about the owner of the Cincinnati Reds, Phil Castellini, his papa, daddy, Bob Castellini, the majority share owner, the majority owner of the Cincinnati Reds. The Castellini family bought the Reds back in 2006. It seems all this Trustafarian stuff happened in the middle of the aughts 18 years ago. And they bought the Reds for, I think it was about $270 million. Bob Castellini made his money in the fruits and vegetables industry. And now, as you can imagine, the Cincinnati Reds are reportedly be reportedly worth about $1.19 billion. Continuing about the business of baseball, every single Major League Baseball team, they earn about $100 million before they even sell one beer. Before a team even sells one ticket, those $100 million come specifically from the TV deals that they have, which is broken up between national television money, your FS1, ESPN, etc., and the regional TV deals, which obviously with the whole bail, not bail, about Bally's, whoever the parent company of Bally's, I forget right now, Diamond, whatever, they're having financial issues. But putting that aside, theoretically, every Major League Baseball has a revenue minimum, minimum baseline of $100 million without selling a single cap, without selling a single jersey from the City Connect uniform. And here we are talking about the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds, they are second place in the National League Central Division with the Chicago Cubs. They are a half a game behind the first place Milwaukee Brewers. By the way, did anyone see any part of the June 5th Cincinnati Reds at the Milwaukee Brewers game? Julio Tehran was pitching for the Milwaukee Brewers. 32-year-old Julio Tehran. Tehran has been out of the baseball basically since about 2020. He had an appearance with the Los Angeles Dodgers, I think for one game in 2021. And of course, I loved Julio Tehran, former Atlanta Brave. I think he was an all-star. He was he opened he was an opening day starter for the Braves, I think for like seven years. I think he actually broke Greg Maddox's record, which is crazy. In five starts in 2023, Julio Tehran has an ERA plus of 242. Your average starter has an ERA plus of 100. Julio Tehran is twice as good as the average starter in five starts this year, 2023. What What the heck is going on here? This guy hasn't pitched in 20 months, and he's one of the best pitchers in over the past two months. <laughs> and another awesome thing that I've seen from the Reds, June 7th, the Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers went to play Cincinnati. Ellie De La Cruz... The all the alien, the all solar system rookie hit a gargantuan home run off of the Dodgers pitcher Noah Syndergaard. You've probably seen that home run. If you have, go and watch it again. If you haven't, go and watch again and again. Just keep hitting replay. Ellie De La Cruz versus Noah Syndergaard, June seventh. Oh my! I think it went like four hundred and sixty feet, four hundred seventy. It was. I've been hearing so much about this guy, obviously coming up in the minor leagues, but wow, wow. The Reds seem like a young, fun team. And I'm going to tell you right now, when I saw this, when I saw the, the season previews and th I was thinking about, you know, what am I going to be, what are the teams and people I'm probably going to be talking about in the podcast this season? I was not expecting to be talking about the Reds at all, or not at all, but a lot this season. I was like... <laughs> What is there to talk about with the Cincinnati Reds? Oh, but what is there to talk about the Cincinnati Reds? Matt McClain, their shortstop. Spencer Steer, Hunter Green, and of course, Ellie De La Cruz. This Reds team in late June is a lot different and a lot better 
than, than the Cincinnati Reds team in late April. And one of the first things I think about Cincinnati food-wise, because you know I love talking about drinks and food here on this podcast, Skyline Chili. I think I've had that once or twice in my life, and I haven't liked it any, any of those times. But apparently there's a regional chain in the Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio Valley, Cincinnati region. The new CEO, chief executive officer of Skyline Chili is Dick Williams. Dick Williams used to be the general manager and president of baseball operations of the Cincinnati Reds. And Dick Williams resigned from his post with with the Cincinnati Reds after the 2020 pandemic season. Allegedly, allegedly, because Phil Castellini would not spend money. And Dick Williams was with the Reds, I think, for 12 or 15 years in all senior roles with the Reds front office. And he probably said, basta, enough of this nonsense, this cheaponess, this bozo Phil Castellini. I'm done. And he abruptly resigned. And I mean abrupt because at the end of the season, I remember that in the 2020 postseason, the Reds lost to the Atlanta Braves in that first round in the best of three games. The, like a few days afterwards, he's like, Dick Williams was said something to the press of, you know, we're going to start figuring things out and we're going to meet with the owner and we'll start laying strategy, et cetera. Your typical you know, front office talk at the end of a, of a season. And then like a week after that, he's like, I'm done. I'm gone. Bye. You know, some conversation was had when Dick Williams was like, I'm out of here. I'm sticking fingers up. Peace. <laughs> so go you, Dick Williams, for being like, I'm done with these freaking tr- these trustafarians these kids they're not kids these are grown men phil castellini john fisher who are running teams like a lemonade stand but back to the skyline chili did you know that there's a pizza there's a pizza chain called um, mellow mushroom and in the cincinnati region they're offering something called the cincy pizza to celebrate skyline chili it has skyline on top of the pizza, there's Skyline Chili, and then they cover it with mozzarella cheese, and then all beef kosher hot dogs, and finally, they drizzle some shredded cheese on it, and also some mustard and hot sauce. Finally, they put some oyster crackers on it. Ladies and gentlemen, what I've just described to you is a crime. That is nasty. Oyster crackers, mustard, hot dog on a pizza? That is a crime? And I want Mellow Mushroom to be in jail. Okay? That's gross. Why would you take something beautiful like a pizza and do something like that to it? Conversely, Phil Castellini, why would you take something beautiful like the Cincinnati Reds with all the history it has, all the Hall of Famers, all of the fans of the Cincinnati area, and not take care of it? Sell the team. We don't need another Trustafarian running it into the ground like the Oakland Athletics. We need to cleanse our palates from that disgusting description of Skyline Chili Pizza. We need to cleanse our palate from Trustafarians. I'm going to have some more whiskey to help me do that. And I'm going to have one more thing to say. That is so good. Arigato, Japan. So good. By the way, what kind of freak, and by the way, I'm saying this lovingly, what kind of freak is Ellie De La Cruz? 21-year-old rookie out of, go ahead, guess what country he's from. You know it, I know it, the Dominican Republic, six foot five, 200 pounds. He actually looks skinnier because he's so freaking tall. And I half expected him at being that tall and being that thin to just go up to the plate and just start hacking and just swinging wildly. No, 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 he doesn't do that. I was wrong. 
And of course, his, his quote from a few days ago saying that I'm the fastest man alive has gotten a lot of traction around baseball. And I love, I love it. I love it. I love watching his highlights now. I'm like actively looking for Cincinnati Reds games. And I really do want to see the Cincinnati Reds in person this season. Two weeks ago, those words are not coming out of my mouth. Now, I'm on the internet looking at the Cincinnati's schedule for the rest of the season to see their road schedule, where I can watch Ellie De La Cruz, Hunter Green, etc. when I'm on the road, and they're on the road in the same city at the same time. And when I do, I'm going to post pictures about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's also fun when we get new listeners. Thank you to someone from Farmingdale, if it's in New York, New Jersey, who knows, and also from Central Hong Kong. Thanks for listening. Go outside. Enjoy the weather. Unless unless you're living in the South that has been devastated with uh, these like, nonstop storms, tornadoes, prayers for you, thinking about you. But enjoy what you can, my friends. And join me next time for a brand new episode of HBP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye.